What is going on, Motorcycle Dad with Tito? It's been a few days, guys. I hope everybody's doing good. I hope everybody's got some good energy. You're getting shit done for your week. Uh, I've been pretty busy handling some business shit and such, but I'll get into some of that stuff later. First segment today, motorcycle news. Uh, definitely got a few things to cover. Uh, a lot of things happen in the world of Zip Hawa Sports Industry, yeah. And then uh, I got a little, so first segment, we're going to do motorcycle news. Second segment, we're going to do some product shit. So basically, I'm going to talk about a couple things like motorcycle airbags. Uh, and then also, SNS has got some uh, pretty cool stuff. And there's a lot of stuff to cover. I kind of put it off, guys, to be honest with you. Uh, I've been pretty busy. I'm working on a project right now. I'm going to talk to, that, to you guys about that. Me and my partner, we've been pretty busy trying to find our place in this business society. Um, we're taking care of a few things, business licensing and such, social media, um, working on some, some, some other secret squirrel shit right now that goes along with that. So I apologize. Cause like I said, I don't really feel comfortable putting something out. Like I wanted to do it Tuesday and then I was just like, eh, 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 eh. and I'm glad I waited because we got some fucking motorcycle news. There really wasn't a lot of meat. It wasn't no meat. It was just potatoes. Had to have some meat to go along with this podcast. Okay. So really appreciate you guys being patient. Um, another thing I looked, I'd be a hundred percent honest with you guys. I have not been checking my fucking podcast shit because I've been knee deep into doing this business stuff with my partner. And also in the meantime, you know, I'm working on bikes and I'm stay at home dad in the midst of all that shit. So and trying to keep my wife happy so she don't come home and beat my ass. Uh, so it's, you know, sometimes that's how it happens. You know, you get caught up in life and you're fucking spinning plates. And like I said, you guys, I like to come up with a fucking schedule. Um, which is funny as some of the things I've been talking about other podcasters like, Oh, I have a set schedule. And they say technically the best day of the week is Tuesday. Well, I don't live by anybody else's rules except sometimes like, I, I got to live by the local law because I ain't trying to end up in fucking jail, but I like to live by my own rules as much as society will allow me to. Uh, being in the bubble. So uh, I've been, you know, just really didn't want to put anything out. Uh, you know, the other night I was in the garage fucking around for a little bit and it just didn't feel right. Not only that, I've been on the phone a lot lately. And just like when I was, uh, you know, back at the last company, I was like being an executive. I was always on the fucking phone. And when I get home, my wife understood that I didn't want to fucking talk because I've been talking all fucking day, like talking pissed off customers, talking to employees, talking to my boss the owner, all that shit. And by the time I got home, I just didn't have anything else to talk about, which was fine at the time because my kid didn't really talk. And now I try to engage my kid, get her to talk. You know, she's three and a half, three and eight months, something like that. So three and eight months. Well, I I don't know. People, I usually go like three, three and a half. And then after that, it's four. I'm not wanting to go out like 14, you know, 78 months. Like the fuck is that shit? You know, I'm Marine. You got an Alabama calculator. Can't count that high. So, uh, but that being said, that's the only reason why I didn't put anything out. And there really wasn't much out there. I mean, what? I was going to get on and talk shit about Harley again or something like that. No, 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 no. But starting off, okay, with our motorcycle news, the live wire is back in production, guys. So Harley, I guess it was more than likely a software problem. They're calling it a non-standard condition, which means that junk is broke. Something was fucking broke with it, but, uh, you can charge your motorcycle now at your house. 
if you got a $30,000 live wire. So that's pretty cool. You know, they were, you know, they put out a bunch of jargon in their press release about, like, you know, Harley Dimes are selling some cloning insurance and blah, blah, blah. I mean, the fact that you've had guys had multiple clutch hydraulic clutch problems. Yeah. Okay. Get the fuck out of my face with that bullshit. But, uh, they're trying those guys over there. They're really trying. They're really trying. But also I'm going through power sports business and I'm also reading Harley Davidson Q3 U.S. retail sales decline 3.6% third quarter. So, uh, yeah, that's that's not pretty good. And I, I can foresee their problems increasing with uh, with time. They're gonna they're probably gonna make a big money move uh, outside of the live wire. I know like they got a couple of the street bikes, their sport nakeds coming up uh, this year as well, or, or next year, whenever fuck those uh, like Botar super nakeds are supposed to come out. But uh, they're already behind the power curve on that too, and I'll explain why. Twenty twenty is gonna be the year of the fucking street fighter. Let me tell you what, and I'll touch base on that in just a fucking second. Okay. Just a second. But the reason why I say I'm going to touch base on that in a second, because Harley and Indian kind of go hand in hand, the V twin world and Indian just took a big fat dump on Harley's head. <laughs> it's like, it's like that, that car that parks for like 15 minutes and all the pigeons in the hood just come up and it was like, yo man, we're just going to peg this guy and you come out your car is covered in pigeon shit. Well, Harley's electric tri-glide tri tri as they call it the trike is uh covered in pigeon poop right now because indian has got a new fucking power plant coming out and what i mean by power plant for you guys not in the industry <laughs> using cool jargon and shit they got a new fucking motor <laughs> and the numbers that it's reading out is pretty fucking impressive so the first bike that Indian is going to drop and the release is going to be on 1029. Okay. So in five more days, Indian is going to unveil their new fixed fairing bagger. And it's going to have this fucking motor in it. The new bagger is going to be called the challenger to pay homage to earlier models back in the day when Indian was really old back in like forties and shit, thirties or something along that line. I, pardon me. If I don't know the history right off the bat, I'll have more information when I get the press release and all that bullshit. Um, but they're going to be a new challenger. I'm calling it the road glide killer because it looks like what the road glide wants to be when it grows up and gets an iPhone or an Android. They're still, they're still just learning the basic, you know, Oh, I can, the T-Mobile sidekick. That's what the road glide is now. It's a fucking T-Mobile sidekick. And the reason why I say it is this, the new power plant, 108 cubic inches from a metric guy, seven, 1769 CCs, which when you say that to a metric guy, that's insane. For, but when you apply it in a V-twin model, it's like, oh, okay, well, it's 108 cubic inches. It's not like you're putting out over 200 horsepower or anything like that with that displacement. But I digress. 122 horsepower out the fucking box. Well, 128 foot-pounds of torque at 5,000 RPM. So that is no stage one needed. No stage two, no stage three, screaming eagle, fucking big board, blah, 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 blah. Out the fucking box. You're at 122 horsepower. Oh, and let me add one more feature in there. It's a liquid cooled motor. Not the heads are liquid cooled, which they didn't get that. Harley never got that shit right. Cause the water pumps will go out all the time on those fucking things. And then we were like, oh, well it's an air cooled motor again. Mm, Cause Harley never had the fucking shit in stock, but it's going to be a liquid cooled motor and they're dropping that shit. So 
get on the interwebs, take a look at all that shit. And I'm telling you, you're going to be pretty and fucking pressed. I am so far. I can't wait to see, you know, like, you know, fucking what's his face. Uh, Carrie Hart riding that shit. Cause he's a big, he's sponsored by Indian bell, all that shit. So see one of those guys get their hands on that bike. I predict that there's a lot, there's going to be a lot of fucking, what is they're calling it? Indian challengers. There'll be a lot of challengers on the stunt, on the bagger stunt circuit. I can see that with the powers putting out. If they be a fool, if they're Indians that far ahead of Harley on this, yeah. Because remember, their stock's worth more. The company's worth more. They sell more than just fucking one type of bike. So good for fucking Indian and good for Polaris. And they got a parts network to back that shit up with because they just opened up that warehouse up in Reno. So pow, 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 pow. All right. Next news. This is more local Las Vegas news, but it brings me to a point that I want to kind of talk about a little bit. So Dainese, the Italiano motorcycle uh, apparel company, they've been in racing and such for years. You know, Valentino Rossi wears their shit, is opening up a retail store um, here in Las Vegas. Or It's already open, but they're having their grand opening, I think today, actually. And... I'm happy because people in my and our community are working there or running the place. I think the place is in good hands. Um, but my criticism is going to come more to the company of Dionysia itself. I worked with them uh, at, a, at a higher level. And it's funny because when you hear VP of operations and all this stuff, I've sat down and talked to those guys and went over their issues and why it was being such a problem. So last place I was with, one of the things we had a struggle with was getting them paid on time. And one of the reasons why is our accounting department would not pay the bill unless they saw the product was received and we have it in our inventory, What you're supposed to do. That makes common sense. That's the way most companies work, right? Okay, you're charging me for a product, confirm I received product or said service, accounting pay the bill. Well, their logistics is fucking horrible because one of the problems we used to have was they had this sweet online feature, but they didn't even use it, right? And I wouldn't get invoices in the time in which I needed to get my invoices, which would delay me putting product on the floor, which would cause all sorts of backlog. And then they get upset because they didn't get paid for the order. It's like, hey, you never sent me the invoice for the order to see how much I need to be paying you. And I inventory it when I receive it into my database or and or system. I explained these problems with them, blah, blah, blah. Apparently these guys had a fallen out because they had exclusivity over here at the dealership I was working at. There would be no other exclusive Dionese dealerships in town. Well, like I've told you guys, the selling of apparel in the motorcycle dealership, the whole brick and mortar game is changing. If you have a big juggernaut place and you're not attached to a ride now group where you're talking about not four, but you're talking about 10 dealerships plus double digit dealerships, you're going to have a struggle because you're not going to have the resources or the capital available to you to stay on top. Unless congratulations to a local dealership here in town, Major Power Sports, that took was it, I think the number one place to buy a motorcycle in town. And then number, I think they came in second place for power sports dealership in town. So here it is. You got a small place like them that more personable touch, more customer service, a little bit better than I think the other place that I was at. There was this big fucking entity of a juggernaut. And that's where you get these results where, you know, people nowadays didn't go to Revzilla. Why am I going to go to the dealership and pay for shit that they have on the shelf that is older than stuff that's online and I can get the new shit for cheaper? That's some of the dilemmas you run into. And when you're talking about, they have like, and these guys would always pressure us. 
oh, I do a $150,000 order, do a $250,000 order. And I'm like, dude, I don't even have the old shit that I have gone yet. And they were constantly pressuring, just put it this way, they were fucking pain in my ass. And they were my least favorite vendor to deal with. And I had some pushy vendors, but they were probably the least favorite because they were so pushy, but the support you got on the back end was very minimal. So I wish the brick and mortar store here in Las Vegas, I think it's gonna be in better hands personally, because I was talking about, you know, I was dealing with regional big shot guys that I guess with their egos, wherever fuck it is, you know, the cop complex, or, you know, I gotta, you know, I got picked on now. I gotta pick on other people type shit. Um, I could see that not being a problem, but what I see a problem is the model of the brick and mortar. Okay. Where they're at, they're in town square, which in Las Vegas is right near the outlets on the South end of the strip. So before you get to the Luxor, Mandalay Bay, all that shit, it's before you get to all of that. And most, a lot of people go there to shop because we have outlet malls in the South end, North end, and there's a mall in the middle. There's, there's lots of shopping. There's lots of people that come to Vegas now, not to just fucking party and get hammered, but they come dinner and a show and go shopping at outlets. Outlets, you get a lot of good deals. So I think they're in a good place. Um, I just, it's just the business model in the company. I don't think they're going to drive enough foot traffic to keep, to maintain them even though this is gonna be the second brick and mortar that Dionysia is open this year, their eighth total. So maybe they got a better model with having a brick and mortar, not having dealership relationships, and that works for them. Uh, I think the internet game, there's a couple things against them. The fact that they cater more to European style cut, which is gonna be your slimmer waist, slim, 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 versus your American cut type build of people. And I, Sometimes their product comes off as a little bit fucking snobby with some and eccentric with some of their shit. Um, Alpine Star, I'm a bigger fan of personally because it fits me better. I've had more product, I've used it for years. I tried some Dionese stuff. I genuinely tried and it just didn't work for me because I'm a Husky fella. So just wasn't comfortable, really never felt good. Like one of my guys in the shop, uh, one of my techs, Brian, matter of fact, that was in the last uh, podcast, he wears a lot of Dionese stuff which it fits him because he has that build, slim waist. But here it is, me and uh, Tony were talking about that. He's like, man, I'm, I'm American cut now. I'm not Italian cut. So that shit doesn't fit me right. You know, and he wears an icon jacket. So, you know, anybody can say what they want to about the product. I think they make a fine product. I just think it's, they, they slim down their demographic and maybe that's what they want. Some people are looking for that more boutique, uh, you know, targeted feel. Uh, I'm the kind of one where it's like, you got to cast a broad net. I want to include everybody into the power sports industry. I want everybody to say that I'm a part of this. So that's my beef with them. Now, moving along into, uh, into some other news, we're going to go the year of the street fighter. Okay. Street fighter, hyper naked. You're talking about a bike. Basically the bike started off street fighter when you would get guys that would crash their sport bikes and it was easier to put some clip on bars, maybe even some higher rise bars and put a headlight unit on it and just run the front end, you know, fucking how it was naked without the fixed bearing on it in the front. Um, it's kind of like how cafe racers were the first sport bikes, you know, just modification and necessity is the fucking mother of invention. So that's a big thing with that. But the reason why I say it's the year of, the Street Fighter, Hyper Naked, whatever the fuck you want to call it is. Okay, so we had the new, and I'm using quotations in there, new Street Triple come out, all right? And they had some new features and new design, but for the most part, same fucking bike. 
is the one that's been out for the past two years. Um, now you have Ducati. Ducati is dropping a V4 Street Fighter in 2020. This is going to be the first Street Fighter, okay? Uh, well, they've had kind of had some bikes that are similar to Street Fighters, but this is going to be the first naked kind of Street Fighter. It's specifically designed for this. Um, you know, I'm kind of critical on Ducati, but at the same time, Real's got to recognize Real. I have not ridden this new V4 model, so therefore, I'm not going to talk shit about something that I don't really know about. Just got to go with my history of operation side of it. Um, now, they've kind of pegged out most of the problems they've had with the V4 motor. I could be ignorant, but I know they had some, they had a few big recalls right off the back where it was like some oil problems, oil cooling problems, and they were dropping a couple motors here and there. I didn't hear about a big bass problem, but I know it was a pretty big recall problem to the fact that we couldn't roll a couple bikes of, that we had that were used V4s in our inventory just because of this problem. Um, but it seems like they got the kinks worked out with that. Unfortunately, I can't remember the rider's name right off the top of my head because I didn't look for this information at that time. But um, this bike is the reason why motorcycles will not be running Pikes Peak next year. If you're not familiar with Pikes Peak, it's that mountain race in Colorado where they usually take cars and try to go up the mountain as fast as possible. And if you watch YouTube videos on this shit, oh my God, that shit's so fucking sketchy. Oh my God, that shit is sketchy as fuck. <laughs> when you see these guys hauling ass the way they do. Now, unfortunately, uh, the guy that was riding the Street Fighter V4, he passed away. It was on... Run, it wasn't trial day or practice day. It was on the, you know, competition day. And I think it was like, I want to say three quarters up the mountain. He did wreck and he passed away, unfortunately. And that's the reason why they, they're going to take a, a year off from Pikes Peak, which I, I can't absolutely blame them. Um, I understand they just got to reevaluate the safety. And like I said, when you go to YouTube Pikes Peak, you will understand exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, some of the shit that I was talking about in Colorado, you know, when we were out in Ure doing the Alpine loop, well, those were off-road. We were doing, you know, there was sometimes we were hitting 40 and shit in certain safer spots. But you're talking about these guys are doing 100 plus up and mountain, No fucking guardrails, switchbacks, and they're just fucking hauling ass. It's a competition, not you. So, uh, pretty sketchy stuff. But unfortunately passed away, and you can see why. It's, this thing's got, they're calling 208 horsepower and 90 foot-pounds of torque with an 1,100cc V4 Panigale motor in it. Holy fuck. Now, from my experiences with Ducati, they're like fucking raped apes. <laughs> it's like fucking this dude just did a fat rail down in Miami. Like, holy shit. That's the power you feel with those things. Uh, and I can only imagine in the Street Fighter, if you just go on YouTube and watch the fucking video, I promise you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. This thing looks like a fucking maniac going around the track. Just fucking reckless as fuck. It looks pretty goddamn cool. I'm not going to lie. Like I said, I'm not a huge Ducati fan. And maybe that's because for like something like a Panigale, uh, the, the, the Panigale V4, the, the sport bike with full fairing, my fat ass can't fit on that one that well. Whereas I'm on the, 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 the hyper nakeds, the street fighters, I fit a little bit better. And when you're comfortable, you ride better and you feel better. So I'm not going to lie. I'm actually, I think I might go down to the dealership and they're like, oh, oh yeah, what's up guys? You think I'm going to try to fucking test ride this thing. See how it is. So now you have Ducati. We talk about trying, talk about Ducati. Kawasaki. 
Kawasaki is dropping the ZH2. So they're going to fucking drop a Street Fighter version of the H2 supercharged. This is going to be the first supercharged Street Fighter hyper naked bike on the market. And MSRP right now, they're calling 17K. Which, I don't know if you're like, $17,000 for a fucking motorcycle, but you're talking about the performance you're going to get out of this thing. And I think it's dialed down. It's just dialed down a little bit H2 motor. Two, it's still putting out 200 horse. So, now, I'll be honest with you. The This is where the Italians succeed above everybody else. It looks good as fuck. Oh, my God. The Ducati looks good. The Kawasaki... Uh, it's got to grow on me. You got to get rid of that big ass fucking exhaust that they put back on it. And maybe it might change the way I feel about it. It actually looks heavy in the front. And if you Google it and you'll see what I'm talking about, or go to the website, it's, it looks a little heavy in the front and I know it's not, it's just, it looks bulky, but I'm going to go based on performance and the aesthetics. So I'm going to combine the two and see which one I like better and go from there. But the year of the Street Fighter is upon us. Now, all of these models, they've just been dropping. Uh, uh, Ducati just had their dealer meeting over there, and they just dropped this news Wednesday. Uh, Cowie just dropped this news. But the, the public unveiling press release stuff, you're going to see it at the Milan Motorcycle Convention, or better known as EICM. Okay? It's a huge, huge, huge. It's the, it's the biggest one outside of United States. Okay? So... Besides all your little fucking, you know, your little conventions and shit here, not a little, but you like your Ames Expo, the Progressive Motorcycle Expo, all these expos here. Mulan is kind of like the premiere. That's where you see most of the shit first. And then it comes to these other shows. You can start to see it. So I'm pretty fucking interested to see what they're going to do there with those two. All right, guys, moving in some not so good news for some of the industry out there. Okay. So which reminds you uh, also, guys. The November of the EICMA convention is going to be, uh, let me see, November 7th through the 10th. So we should start seeing a lot more news pop up after the 10th of November. Okay. Uh, let me see. All right. Sorry, guys, about that. Going on to, this is what I really wanted to go. We got some recalls. Okay. Now, BMW is the one that's getting put on blast. The Bavarian Motor Works. That's what I mean. Bavarian Motor Works is what BMW stands for. Oh, I do remember something from those quizzes they used to give us. So the new S1000RR that just dropped, the 2020, the, the next generation. Well, guys, it got some problems. Uh, they're calling for oil cooler. It's a recall for oil cooler leak. And the resolution is they're going to replace the oil cooler and the lines or oil, oil cooler line leak from improper installation. They're calling about... 400 units are going to be affected by this recall. So basically, you'll take your bike to the dealership. They'll inspect it. Uh, as long as it's due for the recall, they run your VIN and you're one of the affected units. Or what they might do, I think they might just be doing just a vast boom. We're going to fucking do them all. That's what they usually do. Uh, they're going to replace your oil cooler, oil lines, free of charge, better because it's fucking recall, bitch. Um, so that begins November 27th. That campaign does. Okay. So usually, guys, that's one of the things. The first year they got me, look at the new Milwaukee 8. And even with the, the new power plant, the Indians dropping, I, my suggestion is always this. 
wait a year, we'll see what happens. Now the the FR the FTR the Indian drop, well that's already a proven platform, the Scout motor. So I wasn't too I'm not too concerned about that. But with uh, you know your new double R, you know the new the new uh, Challenger coming out, I definitely keep your eyes open and wait a year. Until you, you really, I mean, if you got the money and you really want to go get one, then fucking go get it. It's fucking America. Go get it. But if you're really in the market for a new one and you want to be patient, then wait the first year, see what all the quirks and kinks and the recalls are because one of the problems you're going to run into is like BMW is going to run into right now. 416 potential affected units isn't a big deal, but they have to pull those parts from Deutschland, more than likely. They get auto shipped. That's the way the recalls work. They auto ship like a couple of the parts ahead of time for the units that the dealership has on the floor. Some of the time I would, I would do a, a nice little swoopty swoop and help a customer out and take care of them first. You know, if I, especially if I knew a unit was going to be sitting and we were waiting for the parts anyways and blah, blah, blah. Um, but we have to wait for special tools and stuff to get shipped out first. Then you can order the kits and then it usually takes about a month long process from the announcement so you start seeing parts, if you're lucky, month. Um, I'm not too concerned with the double R because they'll probably pull those coolers off of the assembly line and get them straight out to dealers. The one that's got me boggled is this next one, okay? So the Bavarian Motor Group uh, Works, yet again, BMW, has a recall out from 2017 to 2020 K1600 models. So their big inline six fucking motor, the big daddy, the one that I brag about so much, has got some problems. Um, one of which is, well, it's not one of which, this is the main problem, transmission, okay? Double gear engagement on trans, uh, transmission damage can cause rear wheel to lock up. What the fuck? Uh, the transmission parts did not pass the strength hardness test, tensile strength test or whatever the fuck they want to call it. It did not pass the test so basically i guess these gears are breaking and are fucking causing some damage so they're going to replace your shift forks your selection sleeve of fifth and sixth gear and sixth gear wheel is what is going to be replaced and i can tell you right now guys from my interaction with 1600 parts once you split the and dude they got to split the fucking cases on it so i'm on the motors coming out all sorts of cool shit on that one and probably not gonna have parts in for about a month and this campaign started uh it's already started october 17th is when this campaign started so those are two major recalls for the bavarian motorworks bmw and uh wish them best of luck i hope they i hope they've learned from past mistakes and they have those parts available for guys um or for dealerships right off the back and that way, these guys can get customers in and out. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the the double R oil cooler, and I'll double check with my, my peoples, my peoples to see, but the double R oil cooler, not too bad of a problem versus that K1600, you're splitting fucking cases. That's that's a big job. And there's not a lot of techs out there. No, I know I know my boy over here in, in the local place. He's great. He's phenomenal. Got faith in him, and then the one I used to manage with the Northern Cali too. Yeah, those guys with the, the OG experience, they're gonna be okay. Uh, see how it plays out for Beamer. Okay, well guys, I got a little treat for you coming up. This is like so in this little middle inter intermission portion before we go into the second segment. 
Uh, I'm going to play a little clip of what I do sometimes to get ready. And most of the time I fucking delete them. Like I'll start talking and be like, oh yeah. And then like, it's usually happens within the first five minutes when I start a segment, I'll be recording and I'll say some dumb shit or I'll word something weird. And I'm just like, Ooh, like, uh, I'll, I'll usually delete it today. I like did my little warm up, and then I actually kept it. And I was like, you know what? This would be pretty funny for fucking people to listen. Part of my process of going through. So, um, here's the intermission. I hope you guys enjoy it. Peace. Mike check, check, check. Dalen Dovac. Frown now, brown cow. Bra, 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 bra. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is what I do to prepare for an episode sometimes when I need to. Blah, 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 blah. Fuck off. Fuck off. What is going on, party people? I hope you enjoyed that little little 19 second intermission, like just randomly blah. But that's one of the things I do to get ready for my podcast is like sometimes I'll just do a take like that. Or if I'm hooking up the boom mics to, uh, to my phone to record, uh, like whenever I have a partner or like, you know, Dagan or Brian or anybody on the podcast, I'll do a check real quick. Like, hey, because I've had it where I've been recording and then blah, don't get nothings. So, um, or, you know, sound quality was horrible and stuff. And like I said, I'm investing more into this as it goes along. I wish I had a little bit more, but I'll, I'll talk to you. I'll elaborate on that a little bit later. So, um, Going into the second segment, we're going to talk about some product tips, some things out there. Um, and one of those things that I wanted to talk to you guys about was that's kind of been controversial, not so much lately, but Dynasty just dropped their new Airbest. And it got me thinking about Airbest in general and how the popularity and the technology has developed. So basically, it is an Airbest or airbag system. Uh, the technology was originally developed for MotoGP racers. So when they would, you know, go down, these airbags in their leather suits would inflate and protect their neck, their shoulders and collarbones and such from breaking. I mean, look, these guys are animals and they're, they're, I mean, they're renegade cowboys on fucking million dollar motorcycles. So when, when they go down, they go down very hard, you know, and it's only but so much you can do. But now technology is catching up to these capabilities. Now the technology was fucking ridiculous because anything you talk about MotoGP, you're talking about three, $4,000 minimum, minimum at that level. I mean, if you see the elaborate setups these guys do, they go from country to country every two weeks. It's ridiculous. So they have the money to invest into this, but how does that technology translate over to the consumer market? Okay. So on the consumer side of things, these bags have been out for a few years now. I want to say since, you know, like uh, for about five, six years consumer wise, where they've been kind of popular with it. And uh, D-Air, the two main ones out there are D-Air, and then you're talking about the Alpine Star Tech Air. The two ones you're probably going to hear about. There's some other companies, uh, I can't remember, it's off the top of my head, it starts with an H. You go on RevZilla, you can find them. Well, airbag systems for consumers are more popular in Europe. It's like Helltech or something like that. They've had one developed for outside, you wear it outside your jacket. They've had a reflective one, which is the more common one in Europe. And uh, it looks like a life preserver almost, except deflate it. And what happens is it was a tether you would attach to your motorcycle. So if you did go flying off, the bag would inflate and it'll protect your 
protect certain areas like you know your, your neck and the collar and your shoulders and ribs and such well those are around the 400 500 mark okay and uh that being said it's not too attractive when it's on the outside and also a lot of people forget full lanyards like i said it's culturally it's going to be more common over in the uk over in europe when you see them um over here that's not a big deal for us or it hasn't been a big deal for us culturally and such but since the technology is getting better and it's easier to conceal it it's starting to catch on now the differences between the two okay your new d air vest is retailing for 700 dollars um you have to charge it and what happens is it goes based on gps and vibration of motorcycle if i'm not mistaken there's a there's a computer in the vest built in that will track you GPS for movement. So once you start going over five miles an hour, the vest activates, or if it feels the vibration of the motorcycle. So with electric coming in for the, you know, the next few years, of course, this model probably within the next three, four years, it's not gonna be sold anymore. But still, for the up and coming electric guys, keep that in consideration because if you're on an electric bike, it will not work unless you're going over five miles an hour. Now, my thing is, if I get hit, I want it to activate because most of the time I'm more scared of getting hit from behind while I'm at a stoplight than anything else. I don't know what the statistics are on that. I know it's pretty common for people to be hit from behind. That's why they tell you to stay in gear in case you need to get out of trouble and try to stay to the edge of the car, not in the middle because if somebody fucking rams you, at least you'll go to the left or to the right instead of being stuck in the middle pile driving into a car. Um, Sorry if that's gruesome, but guys, that's the reality of the life we live on two wheels. So now that's why I'm not a big fan of the D-Air, but I would like to say this. Their new model of vest is a lot more slick than the Tech Air, at least. it's Now, there's a, there's a compromise, too. Now, you're going to have CE Level 1 protection in the front, but now because they went to a more slimmer profile uh, it does look very nice. I'm not going to fucking sit here and bullshit you guys. But now with that new one, it's only CE level two protection in the back. Um, those are the industry standards. But I mean, it's CE approved and it is an airbag system. Now you're losing rip protection, if I'm not mistaken, certain rip protection and neck collar protection is the compromise because they wanted to put it in a smaller package to make it uh, a little bit more appealing to consumers. Because, I mean, yeah, wearing an airbag on the outside of your fucking while you're riding looks kind of goofy. Um, but they've already had D-Air in, like, the race suits, which were, they were pretty expensive, man. I think we were trying to sell their race suits for, like, $2,500, $2,600 with a D-Air in it. And you got to keep it charged, because if not, then, and then also if it inflates, you got to send it back to Dionysi for them to repack it and they charge you a fee and all this bullshit. So, with the outside ones, yeah, they look goofy and it's tethered, but you're still going to receive pretty much the same amount of uh, protection from what you, and it depends what you, what level of protection you're looking for. If you're looking for the generic consumer one, I say go with the, the outside one. Yeah, you'll look goofy, but I'd rather be goofy and, and safe and be alive. Um, if you're looking for the slimmer, you're going to be able to compromise on certain things. Now, absolutely, Dionysia is right there because the tech air, the older one, is now around the same price point. You go on Revzilla, Dennis Kirk, some of these sites, you're going to see the shit it's, it's going to be reasonably priced. And I'm pretty sure if you hunt for it a little bit, they'll probably be the same price. Now, I'm a little bit more of a fan of the Tech Air because you're able to use it in more applications, but at least the older model. I don't know what the new shit coming out. 
And I'm speaking on Dionysus' new stuff with the fact that you can integrate that in. I will give you, be honest with you, you can wear it on the outside. They made it because it's a mesh stretchy material or you can wear it on the inside of your jacket and they don't have it to where you have to have a special jacket anymore. That was one of the things before. D-Air was only available in a D-Air jacket built in or to the leather suit built in. So that's the reason why it was so expensive and it was a pain in the ass. Well, now they got to it where it's just the vest. I think they're heading in the right direction. This is, I see as being a, a money maker for Dainese. If they keep the price the same and bring it, bring it down a little bit more maybe eventually. Because remind you, this is talking about $699 brand new just came out. Which like I said, the old Tech Air is just now to like 750 on some sites that I found 780 and it's the old tech air now there's two versions of the tech air there's the street and the track version now the street version is meant to have very little leeway to where it's like dude as soon as you get hit that shit's going off and i've heard people joke like whoa pat's money on the back and it fucking goes off like well first of all you're a fucking dick because you're setting somebody's fucking airbag off asshole you know fuck you right and then uh they would go off like instantaneously and then the track version you can actually dial it in towards it's a little bit delayed so it's more catered to track condition uh crashes now i'm like this guys when this shit first came out it's 1100 some of the tech air shit is 1100 1200 so you're talking about a major investment who are the people who are going to be using this in the states culture wise i'll be 100 honest with you only people i've ever seen wearing this shit have been people that have it in their suits on the track I don't see anybody on the streets wearing it, which is sad because the street application actually makes more sense when, when the risk that we run out there of getting hit from behind, shit like that. It's like, well, it makes sense to wear it more on the street, which is where the Europeans culturally, I'm not saying they're ahead of us, but culturally they're ahead of us because their motorcycle culture is completely different from ours. Okay. So they're, they're, they, I mean, you're talking about a lot more necessity motorcycle riders over in Europe. You know, it's a lot easier to own a motorcycle than a car. Like I said, cultural differences. But either way, do I see my cruiser riders wearing this? No. Um, I hope the technology gets a lot better, I think, within the next two to three years to where you're going to see it. I think within the next 10 years, it's going to be a standard feature in jackets because the technology is going to get catch up enough to the consumer market to make the price point cheaper. Um, I don't see a lot of people wearing it consumer-wise unless you have the money and you're a Dianese fan and wear their product fanboy then more power to you. You're going to fucking get it. You know, um, I don't see myself wearing this. I'm going to stick to the good old fashioned D30 uh, armor and aramid fiber and, you know, still stick with fucking leather. Can't go wrong with leather. And you know me, I'm always going to preach more protection, but also it's kind of like this. It's kind of like, what is it? Like raw Clint Marine. If you look him up on, on YouTube, it's fucking hilarious. He runs a gun school or, you know, a shooting school. Uh, somewhere I can't remember where it is Montana or some shit like that. He's got a couple ranches, former Marine too, raw. Um, but he says, like he says, like I wear my concealed weapon. He comes out with not a smaller one, but one just the same size. He's like, people. He's like, why would I fucking bring my backup that's smaller than my main gun? Fuck that. I'm bringing one bigger, if not just the same size as the main firearm that I'm using for concealed. He's like, where does it say anywhere that being concealed carry has to be comfortable? Where does it say that? This shit is meant to save your fucking life. Where does comfort get prioritized in there? And I think that's what we're seeing in the industry when it comes to a lot of gear 
and who it's targeted to and who it's geared towards is like, yo, dude, who says it has to be comfortable? But it's about finding the fucking balance. Well, guys, come on, let's keep it real. Lower level protection, it's going to be more comfortable. But now you're not protecting yourself as much. Um, you know, the higher level shit, like these airbag suits and stuff, they may not be comfortable for everyday riding, but the level of protection you're getting is ridiculous. But look, it's up to everybody. I can sit here and say what I fucking want, but it's up to everybody to personally prioritize their safety and their personal protection. You know, I just saw a guy that was on Facebook got fucking pegged with a fucking cooler. Uh, a cooler lid fell off while he was riding his road glide and hit him in the fucking lip busted his lip, fucked up some teeth and shit like that. And yeah, blood every fucking wear. And the first thing in my mind was if he was wearing a fucking full face helmet, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> and I've had shit fly off at me and hit me in my fucking helmet and be like, damn, man, I'm so fucking glad I have a full face. But that's the decision you made. I'm not knocking it. But first thing in my fucking head was, you know what? If you weren't a full face, that would have just hit your helmet. And yeah, I would have fucking hit him still. And hopefully everything would have been straight, but been a lot less than fucking busting your lip and fucking up teeth and blood everywhere and all that shit like so it goes down to what what are you willing quality of life wise to sacrifice to have that level of protection i always encourage everybody to go to the highest level of protection that they can take comfortably so the biggest caliber gun you want to carry uh you know i'm probably going to carry a nine mil you know somebody else is going to carry a fucking 1911 with eight rounds in it it goes down to your comfort level of protection so keep that in mind guys Moving on, SNS. SNS is very good protection. Um, actually, SNS is coming out with a new exhaust, okay, for the M8 motor. And I'm pretty excited about this because one of the things when I worked uh, with retail wise with my service customers, I'd ask them a couple questions and I'd find product to fit the mold for everyone, but also like to work around it. So this is what I mean by that. I'd ask them, what kind of riding do they do? And what vision do they have for their bike? Like, what do they want from it? Well, Harley guys is pretty easy. Stage one is easy. So instead of paying the $300 for this fucking fancy Vance and Hines VO2 fucking intake, I can get an SNS Stealth intake for $129 retail and does the same fucking thing, the same goddamn job. Maybe the VO2 works a little better, but I, quite frankly, after looking at it performance-wise, you're just getting extra parts. Um, I'm a huge fan of SNS. SNS has been there in the industry for fucking years and the name says it all i mean you talk about power branding when you say sns there's people who don't even fucking ride hard to know who sns is and that's a great thing now i'd always went with the sns stealth i personally have that stage one intake on my harley right now been a huge fan of it and i've also been a fan of their pipes here and there but they just really weren't hitting it quite right but this new fucking package that they have for the milwaukee 8 motor the El Dorado, I think, is going to be a fucking winner. Um, now, the only thing that I'm really curious about that I really want to see is they have now, if anybody knows baggers, Harley baggers, you know that has that expansion chamber or what they call the catalytic converter, the cat, on the right-hand side, right below where your oil fill is on the exhaust side, okay? They call, like I said, they call it a catalytic converter. Uh, some people call it expansion chamber. Whatever nomenclature you want to use, that's what it is. Now, SNS has moved that into the beginning of the slip-on mufflers, the slip-on pipes. So once you get hooked up to your, your header pipe coming off, right there is where they put the high-flow catalytic converter, okay? You still have your baffles in there that are removable. Your packing and all that shit is removable. But the key thing is with this, guys, this thing is 50-state legal. So all my California people, 
you're able to get this fucking exhaust system on your motorcycle, on your MA bike. And I'm looking at the design of the headers and I, I, really, I really encourage you guys, go Google it, go, go online and search, or go to SNS's uh, uh, website and look up the El Dorado, okay? 50 state legal, uh, high flow cat in the slip-ons, removable baffles. Uh, the, the whole reason for relocating that was to reduce the heat that goes up on riders, which I think is great. And then they retail for $1,200, $1,249.95. They come in black and motherfucking chrome and two different styles of tips, chrome and black. So you can do chrome pipes, headers with black tips or chrome tips and vice versa, okay? Um, And they're claiming four to five horsepower gain from, and it's not claiming, it's from the Dynograph. They have a post on the website. You're looking at four to five horsepower and torque gain with the SNS Stealth Air Cleaner. Guys, that's a really good bargain because me personally, I would piece exhaust systems together. So I would go with like the Bassani, maybe uh, somebody like the Vance and Hines, but I'd sell them on the headers for Bassani and price it together. And I would, that was always my mission to get it in under 1400 because that was kind of the standard what you're paying for a good quality full exhaust system, 1400 or above. The fact that they're pricing this at 1200 right off the gate, I just put it this way. For me as a service guy, if I was a service writer, uh, or service manager or service advisor, whatever the fuck you want to call yourself, a parts guy, this is an easy sell. So if you got your guy that right off the back is giving you his budget, he already knows, Put I would suggest put a fucking uh, estimate together for just a generic estimate for baggers as a selling point, okay? Put your parts, put your labor, put all the parts, and put the whole stage one on there with this and your labor and just have the estimate ready to show with taxes and everything done on it to show the customer, look, this is what you're paying out the door and compare them. Be like, Hey, look, I would personally, me as a selling point, I like visuals. When I used to work in an oil change shop, I used to always, Oh, you want to change your air filter? Most people, when you say, when you say that they say, no, you go in there and show them like, dude, you got fucking like cucarachas in your fucking air filter. Dude, you got fucking like Cheeto dust in your fucking air filter, bro. You need to change this shit. Nine times out of 10, they always fucking took it. Because people work off of visuals. If I tell you something, you're like, yeah, 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 you're just trying to hustle me. But when I show you tangible visibles, especially if you know, hey, man, this guy just bought this bike. I know that he's going to want some shit, you know, here soon. Let me throw this together because you can throw those options together. Oh, I'm going to do an advanced and high system and then compare it to this one. <coughs> Pardon me. And when see, people see the difference, it's a selling point. And also you're building value in what you're selling to people. It's not that easy. With the age of technology, guys, you got to fucking work for it. So for all my guys at the desk, guys, put together a couple estimates, even I'll only see one or two Harleys every now and then, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what, motherfucker? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. If Oh, I only see, uh, you know, maybe five Harley guys in there a month, okay? You get one or two of those five. Dude, that's like two, $3,000 of revenue in your shop. Stop fucking bullshitting, guys. Stop fucking bullshitting. So... Uh, big shout out to SNS on that. You guys fucking phenomenal job putting that package together. And let me see, I got to get my hands on it. I got to see it. I got to see the results of it before I really start, you know, jumping all up on them and cracking their pepper and shit. And like, Oh, because it's so fucking great. But I, they've never failed me. SNS has never failed me, at least for me. And I'm a fan of the product and I use it. So it's like, well, I know it's good. It's not like, oh, it's junk. The only problem I've ever had with that air cleaner is I run that fucking bike so hard, I had to lock tight my uh, my air cleaner bolts because they back out. <laughs> but 
that's the only thing, and that's not them. That's me, because that's my problem. So, all right, guys. Well, look, that is the those are the product lines I wanted to cover this week. So, some some real life shit for you, real quick. Okay, guys. Like I said, I've been extremely busy. You know, doing a bunch of stuff. Just life. It's been in place. It happens to all of us. Um, but one of the things is. You know, with uh, even me talking about the last episode, being positive, building for the future. You know, dude, sometimes I get caught up in my own bullshit, okay? But I'm still a firm believer, and I still want to stand by that because it's part of who I am, and I want to continue to put my money where my mouth is and live my fucking, live the truth, all right? So one of the things for me is reach outside your comfort zone, guys. Sometimes you're going to have to do that to be successful. If you look at everybody that's been successful in this company, whether it's monetary wise, career wise, you have to be a certain level. You look at them, you gotta be a certain level of crazy outside the norm. So don't put yourself in a box. If you know truly deep down inside you're meant for something, fucking go and do it. Me and my wife were just talking about this the other day, not to put all our personal business out there, but she was saying, babe, guess what? I work better in a structured work environment. She works for the government uh, in an office here in Vegas and she works social security administration and she's like i'm good with that that's fine my personality my thing that's it what she's like what you're able to do you're able to do things on your own without that because i was always the one that created the structure in the environments i was in don't get me wrong still got to keep myself in check from time to time we all do but i was the one that generally created structure so i'm more the freelance guy i'm more the guy that's out there that i can do the podcast. I do a lot of things, even though I'm still a stay-at-home dad. I still work on bikes on the side, which I got some jobs coming up this week too. So, you know, there it is. I'm still look. I'm still putting on exhaust, engine guards, oil changes, tire changes. I still do all of that to keep myself humble and to keep that grind going. Like you know, like Nipsey Hussle said, the marathon continues, guys. It is a marathon, not a fucking sprint. Keep it going and chase your dreams. Now, one of the things that's come about is me and one of my partners. Um, a couple of my partners, uh, both of which have been on the podcast, uh, we've decided to open up our own motorcycle-based company. Um, that being said, go check us out. IMP Clothing, we're starting off. Um, we're, we're trying to eventually become a dealership here in Vegas, eventually. But right now, we're focusing on apparel, gear, and we want to make stuff that's great for everyone. Um, I want to make stuff that doesn't just single out Oh, this kind of router, this kind of router. I want to make something that everybody can enjoy and everybody can be a part of. Because to me, the community aspect of motorcycling, no matter if you're a cruiser, you're an adventure rider, you're a sport bike rider, you're just the guy that commutes every day. I think everybody has a place in how we're going to move people between technology with electric vehicles and just the excitement of people just being smart as fuck and being able to engineer just amazing ways to get around. I think the next decade for us in this industry is going to be very fucking exciting. And why would I want to alienate people from that? I want everybody included on that. That's why I work on fucking everything because I love everything. Now, will that mean I'll never be a master of one brand? Probably. But I'm okay with that. And it's been hard to be working on these projects, but uh, it's been fun too and eye-opening. So, And not everybody's cut out for it. Um, so if you're working your nine to five, I'm not knocking you. Keep working your nine to five. Some people's personalities are better at certain things. Just like certain people are more comfortable riding certain styles of bikes. And that's just how life is going. So I want to thank all of you guys for listening to the podcast. When I opened it up and I saw I had over 800 plays, the last time, mind you guys, I checked it, it was like 600 plays. 
have over 800 plays and 36 established audience people. It's just that these are just the analytics that my anchor gives me uh, when I log in. Well, that was up from like 22. So everybody that's listening, and I'm super humble, guys. I see you guys listening to UK. I even see United Arab Emirates, Guam. Uh, I see people from all over here in the States. It's super fucking humbling that you guys are listening to me. I really appreciate it. And like I said, guys, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. I want to hear what you guys have to say. I want you guys engaged in the conversation. I want to hear you guys if you're like, Tito, you're just dead fucking wrong, bro. Blah, blah, blah. And this is the reason why. Let's start a conversation. All right. I'm not going to, I'll get off my soapbox here in a second. I never believe in getting political. You know, it's like, I consider tires and oil like religion and politics. I usually put those aside, but I think we just have gotten so polarized that we forget to talk about and have open conversations. And that's what I want to do with this platform with you guys. Let's have an open conversation. You don't have to fucking agree with me and I don't have to agree with you, but I think that fire and that conversation and adult debating, I mean, trust me, I'm pretty fucking vulgar too, but I know when to draw a line in the sand and just not pick a fight, pick a fight. I hate shit like that. So if you're going to email me to pick a fight or text me or whatever fuck just to pick a fight, then come on, I'm a Marine. I like fighting. (laughs) But at the same time too, I want to have open conversations with people. There's a lot of people out there like my boy Vinny, my boy Mikey V on Hawaii, and just people that I love talking to in general, like my homeboy Uno. I love talking with people and engaging, especially when it comes to motorcycles. This is my life and this is something I deeply enjoy. So Anybody that's thinking about starting a podcast or a blog, fucking do it, dude. Fuck it. Fuck everybody else. That's what I did with this. I said, one day I said, fuck it. And I came into the room and I recorded the first episode. Go record your first fucking episode. Whether that's, I want to get on a bike for the first time. I want to go on this ride. I want to build my confidence level up. Go out and fucking do it. That's the reason why we're in this sport. That's the reason why we do this. And I'll be, I hate to be fucking cliche and corny guys, but I'll be honest with you, the most rewarding portion of the job, like when I was at Eagle Rider and I would have guys be like, this was my fucking dream to come to America and ride a Harley across America, you know, or customers that it's like, I dreamed about having this bike for like 10 years. This is my dream bike. You made my dream come true. It's like, dude, to make somebody's dreams come true. Can you put a fucking price on that? I mean, don't get me wrong. I like making money too, like anybody else out there. But I think at the heart of our sport, that's what it's fucking all about. So go sh- uh, go find your penis showing game, as they would say in fucking waiting. You got to go find that cusp and just go for it, guys. All right. I'm not going to fucking bat wing or go to you guys. That's why we're on the uh, we're on podcast and not YouTube yet. So. Um, I appreciate all the support. Appreciate all the listeners. Guys, keep listening. Give me some feedback. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Moto Dad Tito. Uh, drop me a DM. Slide up in my DMs all y'all want. I don't give a fuck. And message me. If not, hit me up on my phone if you got my fucking number. If you don't, I ain't giving it out. So fuck off. And uh, you know what, guys? I, this has been really fun. And I'm going to continue to do this. And this is my 20th episode. And I'm really, I got like a smile on my face right now. And it's because of the support. Like yesterday, talking to my boy Vinny, it's it's because of you guys and the feedback. You guys give me the energy and my love for the sport gives me the energy to keep going. And uh, yo, the marathon continues. 
Guys, Andrew Week Good. I'm hoping to get another podcast in this weekend if I have time. If not, you'll you'll see me when I see me. All right. One love. Much love and respect. Peace.